0: I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success podcast. My name is Dr. James Bryant, your host for today's show, and I have the pleasure of having a graduate school classmate with us today, Ms. Aaron Donovan. Aaron, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Yeah, it's like a little Virginia Tech reunion here. Awesome. Yes,
0: it has been a long time. We're not going to tell the listeners how long it has been, even though we both look very, very young. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time. I was so excited when I saw some interaction from you on LinkedIn and I was like, I have to reach out to Erin to get her on the show. You've had an absolute phenomenal career just looking and hearing about all the different things that you've been able to accomplish. And I wanted to have you on the show. We're going to include your bio in the show notes. And we're also going to include links to your LinkedIn profile or wherever you want listeners to actually go to connect with you. But I really would like for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about you.
1: Sure. Yeah. Where to start? You know, I guess I could say I'm kind of a career consultant at this point. Ever since I left grad school, I've been in the consulting industry and just done. been fortunate to do a variety of things from like started in land development and then transitioned to transportation projects. And, you know, I've managed so many different types of projects over my career. That's just learned so much. And it's been a really rewarding experience building, you know, a network and just feeling like I'm part of a family, you know, even when I'm at work. And, you know, speaking of family, also building a family. Married to my high school sweetheart and we stayed together through college and, and both went to Virginia Tech and graduated from there. And then have two kids, one in college, which is crazy, and one who's just graduated high school. So definitely feeling feeling that age. But it's been a wonderful experience raising them and seeing them develop into adults. And I've got one in engineering school. So I, I oh, cool. kind of succeeded there with the math and science brain and hopefully cultivating the engineering function a little bit more with one, at least one of
0: my children. Oh, that, so, that is cool. So you guys yeah. are soon to be empty nesters. Correct. Yes. An so interesting wh- thought. <laughs> yeah. So what is the plan? What's the plan? What's the empty nester plan?
1: That's great. Everybody's been asking us that and there's not much of a plan right now. It's it's probably going to be getting my daughter settled in college and making sure that she's sorted out. She's actually playing college soccer too. So I want to be able to watch some of her games. And so I don't really want to okay. schedule too much, but there there's definitely a lot of talk of travel the freedoms of not having to deal with the school schedule and not being you know governed by that when I travel yeah. when we travel so I think that's mostly it is more travel a little just little more flexibility with our schedule and kind of getting back to that couple mentality rather than family mentality
0: oh that that is pretty cool I'm sure that you all will do that and have a great time and it'll be fun and you'll find time to do the soccer games and all of the other exactly. things that you need to do with the kids and so Tell the listeners or our audience just a little bit about your career progression. So okay. you know, what did you do when you first graduated from Virginia Tech?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I actually wanted to stay in Blacksburg. I graduated from Virginia Tech with my master's degree. And I wanted to stay in the Blacksburg area because my husband, at the time, fiance was finishing up his PhD. Mm-hmm. So the choices were a little bit limited. It's a small place. There aren't that many places to work if you're not working for the university. But I was fortunate to get a job with a small consulting firm, Anderson Associates, who a lot of civil, en- a lot of Virginia Tech grads have gone through yep. A&A at Anderson Associates at some point. They're not that, they've been rebought and bought now a company called Curtin Profit, but Ken Anderson trained a lot of, a lot of engineers, a lot of civil engineers. So I started out doing actually traffic engineering and then kind of stepped back and, and did a little more transportation and land development in the beginning for the first Instead of for the first three or four years, I just sort of built my knowledge base to get to that PE, you know, mm-hmm. get, had the EIT to get to that PE stage. So it was really just about, you know, learning and growing and building that knowledge base. Uh, and I, but I clear, I, I kind of always knew that I had a, a head for management. You know, I just could, could multitask and I, I really wanted to take the lead on I've always been a leader, always mm-hmm. raised my hand for leadership roles. So I, I kind of had that management mentality from the very beginning. And so early on, you know, I think even even before, right after I got my PE, I was starting to take on project management tasks and okay. take that next step in my career. And then, and then at that point I got my PE and, and just a few months later, we were actually moved out West. So my mm-hmm. husband's got his PhD and, and he was able to get a job in Tucson, Arizona. So, oh, wow, yeah. So we, with about two weeks of notice, we moved to Tucson. He went out there for an interview and then took a job, a postdoc position out there. And within two weeks, we were in Arizona from Southwest Virginia. So culture oh, wow. shock yeah. and temperature shock and you know, <laughs> a whole, lot of shock. And so we moved out there, really excited. I'd never visited, never went out there and trusted my husband and, and oh, wow. followed, you know, went out there for his job and um, was home for a few months as my daughter was born out there and I did mm-hmm. full maternity leave, but then I, I would, you know, I'm civil engineer easy to get a job right land development was booming tucson was growing and really it was this was 2003 to five time period so Mm -hmm. everything was really growing booming so i got got a job out there and got my arizona pe and just continued to grow my career as a project manager
0: wow that's that's pretty cool so no wait 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 so i just want to get this so husband goes out west Yep, interviews get the job. Yep, and it's like, come on, honey, you know, we're 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 packing up everything and we're moving across the country, and you're like, okay, let's go. I think if I had time to
1: think about it too much, I would have been really nervous. But it was like, do do do, you know, just had to go through steps and get it, make it happen. It was happening so quickly. No, that
0: that is pretty cool. We made
1: it work, and it was awesome. I mean, I'm so happy. You know, it gave me the opportunity to drive across the country, and settle in a new place and see a whole different area you know see the country and see a whole different area learn a whole new set of engineering standards and mm-hmm. experience a whole bunch of new, new things so and then we were only in tucson for about two years and then he took it he took a job at the university of utah so we moved to salt lake city after oh, wow. that so we stayed okay. out west for another six years mm-hmm. and and so i was able to again civil engineer i'm gonna preach this very versatile right you can get a job anywhere and so I was able to get a job there in Utah and again get a new PE and Mm -hmm. continue to grow my career again in a different state so yeah another culture shock (laughs) to stay in Utah and and but loved it great place to raise kids great place to enjoy the outdoors hiking skiing all kinds of stuff and then about 11 years years ago my company transferred me back to Virginia or to Virginia which was closer to home for us okay. we're from New Jersey so mm-hmm. kids could spend more time with grandparents and we could be closer to family so now we've been here for 11 years and I can firmly say that most of my life I've spent adult life has been spent in Virginia oh, you know, wow. most of yeah. my career so I reinstated my Virginia PE and um, stepped back in and reconnected with colleagues like yourself but grad school friends and yeah. people I'd worked with at my first company. It's a small world. I'll say that. And so it's been wonderful. Yeah. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done for you services or as done with you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today.
0: So let's see. Let's see if I can pull out some nice principles here. As a civil engineer, you have versatility and flexibility and you can find jobs in places. It didn't take you a a long time to find the jobs that you needed. It
1: didn't. No, it really was pretty, pretty easy. Although, I would say that the, the economy was also good during those yeah. times, right? It wasn't the recession. I mean, if it was oh eight oh nine, and I went through that too, but I was already firmly implanted somewhere. If I was trying to do that in a recession, it would, would have been more difficult. But yeah. yeah, I think a lot of engineers, you know, I don't think it's civil. I think an engineering degree is a really versatile degree. You're taught mm-hmm. a lot of problem solving skills. You know, I, I think it, it just gives you a good base, a good foundation for a career, whether you do engineering or not. So I would preach that to all the when I go to career fairs, I just i say that, you know, or just say, if that could be so we're going to work in teams, which is really such a huge part of what we do yes. when you're in the real world.
0: Yeah, that working in teams is definitely what we do in the real world. One of the classmates that I had from North Carolina AT, I did an interview with her and one of her she's doing marketing stuff now, marketing a consultant and does some career coaching coaching, but you know, one of the things people are like, well, do you still identify yourself as an engineer? And she's like, yes, I engineer all day long because of the problem solving skills that you learn as you're going through the curriculum and as you're working in teams, whether it's your senior project, your design project, you really start to focus in on some of those skills that you need for life and some of the skills that you need to, to be successful in your career. One of the things you mentioned earlier is that you've always had a mind for kind of management and project management, and you were looking for those opportunities. You know, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced early on in your career?
1: I would say I did face challenges with some of the stereotypes, I think, that apply to women in engineering, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've looked back on it and probably realized it more, but I... You no, know, it it is still a very male-dominated industry, unfortunately. And I think because of where I was in life at points, I was cast over for promotions and I had to fight for myself. Okay. And one one in particular where I still to this day am friends with this person who did this to me, but there was an assumption made that I didn't want some position because A, I was pregnant, B, I might be moving away, but I didn't feel that's fair. And Mm -hmm. I went over and I said, I went over to the top of the company and said, I deserve this. I've worked for this. I deserve a position in project management. And I don't accept that I'm not going to get that. And you have to fight for yourself. You have to stand up and you're the only one who's going to come up and speak up for yourself. So I did that and I was given a position. They found a position for me. Luckily, they helped me out and gave me that opportunity. But the answer is always no if you don't ask. And you have to fight for yourself.
0: Ooh, I so, love it. The answer is always no, if you do not ask.
1: Yeah. I and mean, I preach that all the time because you don't know what that answer is going to be. So you might as well ask and, you know, nobody's going to say, oh, wait, you no, know, Aaron didn't get this, but you've got to, you know, I had to go and and speak up for myself. So several times, like i think several points in my career and I wasn't happy with what I was doing, either working around technically or with what position I was in. I, I just spoke up. I mean, now, I think I learned that in grad school, to be honest with you, James. You know, <laughs> it, I'll say, you know, you need that work-life balance, right? And that was one of yes. the first examples where I could have been pulled into that out-of-whack work-life balance yes. where the work was more than the life. Yes. And I had to speak up for myself even then and say, nope, I'm going to stay, stay on my ground. Yep, I want to finish this master's degree and I want to go on the life, right? Yep. So yep. I really feel like I learned that early on and probably through my childhood it came from, you know, life experiences, just watching... Other other families do that, but yeah, I I would say that was too a big challenge that I faced early on in my career, and it kind of taught me that that I need to to advocate for myself.
0: Yeah, that's that's great being able to advocate for yourself and understanding that, and not being afraid to stand up for yourself, because there are a lot of people that are faced that may be faced with that situation, and they're thinking, I don't want to say anything. No, they didn't mean it. They, you know, my opportunity will come. But sometimes the opportunity that you need and the one that's for you is the one that's right there for your asking. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. I love that. A good motto. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. Always ask a lot of questions, not ask questions.
0: You have to ask questions. You have to get clarification. You have to be able to see you know, kind of what's the next step for you and your career and this company? What do you want to do? And you have to value yourself enough to ask. Right. Yep. If you don't yep. value yourself, then you're not going to ask. So so I can tell just by your response, you value yourself and your contribution. You understood that you are a major contributor and that, as you say, quote unquote, I have worked for this opportunity. I have earned it. Right. And you guys can't take it away. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's pretty, I, I think that is phenomenal. So you, you advocated for the position, you started doing project management, you, you're yeah. mo- moving, you started moving across the country, you're doing different things. You you come back to DC and, or the, the Northern Virginia area. Yeah. And it looks like as we're, as you know, look at your career progression, you went from individual contributor to project manager, to managing bigger projects and programs and having more people that you're responsible for
1: yes that that would be accurate yeah i mean i guess i i guess i never really thought about making it bigger and bigger and bigger it's more about sort of what opportunities i had at the time Mm -hmm. as you said sometimes it was more about a project or a program i would say example is like silver line i worked on the silver line project for about five years phase one and phase two and it you know got to be at the opening of that i mean it's it's i'm proud of the projects that i've worked on you know that's definitely one that i'm really proud of but each time i've changed careers or you know, i've i've started to manage more people or larger pieces of organizations yeah and i think as i've grown in my career i've always also wanted to have more of a say in the company that i'm working for be a part of the management team the executive team so be able to feel like i have control i think for me it is a little bit more about control over what's what decisions are made yeah. where the company's going and so that that's you know i think you asked about changes over the course of my career you know it's it's more of maturing about progression it's not necessarily wanting to conquer the world but it's more about wanting to have a direct say in you know guiding a company and helping something grow yes yeah. you know so that's, that's the maturation i think as i've gone along with my career.
0: I want to invite you to the next UnWebinar. What is an UnWebinar? It's no slides, no sales pitch, just added value. These are small group discussions that are designed to really be two-way conversations between you and myself, where you can get insight and advice on the issues that you're dealing with today. The overall goal is to equip you with what you need so that you can win at work and at home. Understand you do not have to do it alone. Sign up for the next UnWebinar today. You don't necessarily want to conquer the world, but you want to have a lot more agency and control over your world. Exactly. Meaning that, yeah. you know, the company that you work for, the decisions that are going to be made yeah. and more choices as you continue to exercise your agency. That's you know, exactly. Not only personally, but in the business context. And so, you right. know, as this progression has happened, what were some challenges that you faced in that progression, right? You know, from, we've talked about early on in your career, what are some of the right. challenges you had to overcome later on in your career?
1: Yeah, I've already talked about fighting, you know, just, just continuing to stand up for myself. You know, I mean, I think it's not a challenge necessarily, but always just being patient with yourself, you know, yeah. and giving yourself that, I'm, I'm very hard on myself as a person. And so I think the biggest challenge to my career is probably me, you know, is probably (laughs) me being hard on myself. So somebody once told me, don't let perfection get in the way of good enough. And I try to remember that as I, as I allow myself some, you know, forgiveness because I'm always learning. I'm always growing and everybody is right. It can stop. And that's, that's a problem. So I feel like, as long as like, it can't be too hard on myself. Everybody's going to make mistakes and giving yourself that grace. It also shows you're human, right? Yes. I, I don't want to, I never want to be this meter that nobody feels like they can come talk to. I mean, I make mistakes just like anybody else. And I've never, I'm always open to suggestions and trying to make sure that everybody's loose is bird. So trying to, I want them to feel comfortable coming to me for with problems or concerns. and Yeah. So admitting you make mistakes, it's a challenge for everybody. And for myself, is just saying, like, I made a mistake and um, I can do better next time. Yeah. And so that throughout the course of my career, I think, has just come up time and time again. It's, it's OK. You learn from it and grow and become a better person because of
0: it. Yeah, I think when we hold ourselves accountable to our mistakes and just own them, I made the mistake. Now it's time to move on. Here are some steps that we're going to do that I'm going to take. So that doesn't happen again, or I'm going to guard against that happening again to the best of my ability, but you have to own it. And one of the other things you talked about is just not being too hard on yourself, is really being able to show yourself self-compassion. And there's really power in that. It's not that you're giving yourself a pass, but you're not judging yourself and continuing that spiral downward because of the mistakes that you make. I always talk about an experience that I had with my son, and he was, It's when he was much younger. He was really upset and he's, you know, I'm stupid and I'm going to beat himself up and all kinds of things. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Well, dad, I knew I had to do this, but I didn't do it and I messed up. And so I'm so angry at myself. And so I says, so let me ask you, if this was your best friend, what would you tell them? Oh, if it was my best friend, I would tell them that it would be okay and that they that they can do better the next time and that everything's going to be okay. Tell the same thing to yourself. Perfect advice. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh. oh, okay. But it's really that that is is kind of a picture, a micro picture of the power that self-compassion can have, where you're not beating yourself up, but you're allowing yourself to make mistakes. You're taking actions to kind of limit that same mistake from happening again in the future and you continue to move on. Yeah, it helps
1: to have that alternative. Somebody tell you that, but have people that you can go to to explain what's happening and have that advice from family, friends, mentors, whoever.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that is great. One of the other things that I noticed is that you've continued to provide service outside of your organization like for the American Society of Civil Engineers, for the Transportation Research Board and other organizations. Tell us a little bit about your volunteer activities.
1: Yeah, they're great in number. I think it's just, I like to raise my hand for things. And no matter where I am, whether it's at work or personal or professional organizations, I just like to, I've always taken on leadership roles. And I think what I jotted down in my notes and I wanted to mention was that I think throughout the course of my career, the professional memberships that I've been a part of, you know, organizations like AFCE, TRB, now more A C E C and you know, WTS, it, you know, they've they've changed throughout the course of my career depending on what I need at that time in my career. So at the beginning of your career, I would say for me, AFCE is huge, right? It was yeah. building that peer network. It's kind of like TRB a little bit, but it's building just that network with your peers and it's not all that quiet, rich of an environment, but as I grew into project management, I wanted to find places that were more quiet, rich for me mm-hmm. to spend my time, which is mutually beneficial then for me as well as my company. So that's really more encouraged at that point. And so then that's yes, advancing women in transportation near to my heart, but also a very quiet, rich environment generally. Yeah. Um, ACEC as well becomes for me a client rich environment now because as a sub consultant, small business, all the larger companies are my clients. Yeah. So it's a very client rich environment, but I don't do it for the new contracts or for, you know, for more work. I really do it because it's rewarding. I think yeah. what I've realized more and more as I grow is that I just want to help others. You know, I just, my goal is really just helping people. Yeah. So, you know, by volunteering and helping the organization and fighting for causes, I mean, fighting for causes that affect the entire engineering industry. I'm helping my peers. I'm helping the industry move forward. And it's really become more about that for me as I volunteer and take leadership roles. It's just to, to help younger engineers, to help the industry. So I've done mentoring as well as like scholarship committees and just trying to help, help grow our industry in many ways. And I think that's what's been most rewarding for me as I've continued to take on those volunteer opportunities.
0: I think that is great. And, and a few things that kind of jumps out at me is that you've been able to provide service to those organizations, but also leverage what you needed out of those organizations at the time. So when you are building the peer network, you're leading in an organization that that's allowing you to do that. As you continue to advance in your career and your responsibilities and you have a different focus, you're finding other organizations that will continue to allow you to volunteer, allow you to give back to the civil engineering community, but you're also able to be in that client-rich environment that can help you individually build relationships and help your company. And so that the companies can support that. And I think right. that's really important even for people that are mid-career now that may be listening to the podcast is that, yeah, you may want to go to the organization that you used to be a part of before But it may not set you up for success, both from your company's eyes. So try to find the organization where you can do the volunteering, but can also be beneficial to your company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because any organization you join is in need of volunteers. Yes. You you know that the same people are tapped for the volunteer for the leadership opportunities. And then once you get pulled in, they ask you to continue on and it feels like there's cycle after cycle. So it's the same people generally. And so there's always need for fresh faces and new people volunteering and raising their hand and even if it's a small role i think you can find ways to help out the other thing i didn't mention was that i think this being involved in the professional organization is so valuable it's translatable between states so you can find that organization somewhere else in the country if you. Yeah. and it's also so important in hard times and we may be coming up on a hard time again when you been going through covid it's been a very difficult time but coming up on maybe some more and more challenges with the economy who knows but I, my, my peer network throughout the oh eight oh nine recession, when I was laid off was so critical to me being successful. I was, had a new job within six weeks of being laid off. I oh, was wow. four opportunities to choose from. And that's because people were reaching out to me. I was the president of ASCE of the branch at the time that that happened. Mm-hmm. And I had people reaching out to me. I was reaching out, but they were also saying, where can we send you? Give me your resume. I'll send it out. And really just wanting to help. And so and that was not why I did it. It yeah. was not why I was in a leadership role, but building that network, even though I'd been in that state just for a few years at the time, was so invaluable to me throughout a hard time. So you just never know when you're gonna need to tap into it. and it's it is a small world. it's a small industry, and we treat each other like family. Mm-hmm. we, we, yeah, really we care do. about each other and we step up to help each other out and then I would do the same for another colleague who's in a hard. Time.
0: Hey, this is James. And I'm here to help you when at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. Yeah, it's the investments that we make in those relationships, not to try to get necessarily a return, but it's just in your service and volunteering, you're giving of yourself to the community. And when it, when you, when you are in need, then people give back in return. People know if you're in it, you know, for yourself, you know, if you're leading things just because you want to lead versus that you want to serve. So I, you know, Aaron, this has been a great, interview, a great discussion. I'm going to look forward to kind of connecting with you even more aside from the podcast interviews. But the last question that I have for you, well, two questions. What notes did you jot down that you wanted to cover that you you didn't get a chance to cover? (laughs) And it may fit within the last general questions. Do you have a few success principles that you've been able to follow that we haven't mentioned already that you would like to leave with our audience?
1: Yeah, I, I did cover a lot of my notes. So that's good. I'm big on organization. So I, <laughs> I like to be able to, to jot things down. I did cover a lot of things. I would say that if I haven't said it, I think the success principle I would embody most is probably just saying yes. Always say yes. You know, obviously in moderation, because if you say yes to too many things, you can overextend yourself. And I've learned over the years when to step back. But I think by saying yes, you will open yourself up to all kinds of opportunities. And don't be afraid. I've I've said yes to opportunities that I wasn't really fully qualified for. I was stepping up in responsibility, a little nervous. Everybody's nervous at times. Not sure that I could do it, but just saying yes to it and giving myself that opportunity that was given to me, you know, it just allowed me to grow, allowed me to continue to expand my skills, and learn and continue to just progress in my career. So I'd say lean in, to quote Sheryl Sandberg, lean in, try to engage and say yes as much as possible, because you really don't know what the possibilities are until you do that.
0: I think that is great advice, Uh, having a predisposition to say yes versus the predisposition to say no. So I I love it. Aaron. I want to thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, it's great. Um, I'm going to end the podcast as I end every podcast episode, and that is that. Many people know what to do; fewer people know how to do it, and there's a select group of people that actually follow through, do it, and are living the life of their dreams. And I want to congratulate you, Aaron, for being part of that select few. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.